Welcome to Music She Missed, the podcast where I try to get my best friend caught up in some of the most popular songs and artists that impact our lives. I'm Allison. Hey, I'm Rachel and I missed all the music. Hey, Rachel. Welcome back to another episode. Here we are. Learning, learning, learning. I've got my pencil. I've got my (laughs) learning cap on. I'm so glad you're talking about learning because... My get to my get to know you question of the week is kind of related. No way, is it really? Yes, really. Okay, so let's shoot into the question. Go for it. I would like. Well, it's not really a question. It's more open ended. Tell me about the smartest person you know. Oh my goodness, that is besides totally, me. Oh, besides you, it's actually my father in law. To a point where my husband and I have been married for about, mm, we're going into the second decade. So about 13, 15 years. I was going to say, I I was like, you're in that second decade. (laughs) Yes. And I still get nervous hanging out with him where he is just so smart. But then also my own dad is super, super smart. See, I wondered if you were going to say your dad. Yeah, my dad's like super, super smart too. Um, with all his, oh my gosh, degrees from, oh my gosh, I'm not going to even count them. But anywho, I would say my dad and my father-in-law are probably the two smartest people I know. I'm not nervous with my dad though. <laughs> Cause he's my dad. That's good. Anywho, what, why are we doing this? What are we doing? Well, um, the reason I asked you that is because this week's musician was, widely known as the genius the genius the genius the genius uh the person i'm thinking about is definitely i don't well that would be rude i don't want to say that (laughs) you're thinking of a musician that you think is dumb no he probably thinks he's a genius but he's definitely well i shouldn't use the word definitely but probably not well now you have to explain it and if it's rude we'll edit it out is it Kanye West (laughs) no (laughs) well he thinks he's a genius oh no no No. and I don't know if I've ever heard any of his music I just know I said widely described Uh, I know, but he widely (laughs) describes himself as a genius. Okay, okay. Well, it's not Kanye West. Would you like to hear who this week's artist is? Well, now I feel like anyone else that's not Kanye West. Who am I going to listen to? (laughs) Well, let's find out. Let's do a little drum roll. All right, here we go. (laughs) Ray Charles. Oh, he probably is a genius. Have you heard of him before? No, I I have a um a friend named Ray. Okay, I have another I friend named Charles. I don't know. <laughs> yes, common names those. Um, so you don't recognize this as a name of anyone famous. I think he wears sunglasses. I think he does blues music. Okay, you're actually um not far off have you seen the movie ray that was the only way i thought you might no i was only thinking with bb king 
And I okay. only know BB King because I went to Memphis once and I wasn't allowed to go to the bar at BB King's and he yeah. was there and it was sad that I didn't get to see him. So oh, is BB King still alive? Uh, no. Oh, that, that's even sadder now. I couldn't even go to the bar and he's not alive now. And what's even sadder is that we already did an episode on BB King. So you should have already known that. Crap. <laughs> <laughs> Man, I suck. <laughs> so let's, you know, you are um, kind of like skirting around the fact that uh, Ray Charles is a very famous black musician, singer, songwriter, pianist, and the pioneer of a genre that we talked about before called soul. And he did wear sunglasses because he was blind. Okay. So you have like an image in your head a little bit of who Ray Charles is. Yes. Piano. He was on stage at Washington, D.C. He has done one Christmas song that I can think of. No, I think you're thinking of Stevie Wonder. Oh, we have done Stevie Wonder. Yeah, a different musician that we already did. Oh, crap. (laughs) We have so much ground to cover here. Apparently some ground to recover. (laughs) And recover. Oh, my gosh. Music she missed because she wasn't paying attention the first time I made her listen for a week. So I'm going to throw some... Um, songs by Ray Charles at you that are really famous um, and hopefully a couple of them will ring a bell. Uh, He has a really famous song called I've Got a Woman. I've got a woman. Is that it? Uh, Sing one more line and I'll see. That's (laughs) okay. Maybe. Um, What I'd say Class. mess around oh the mess around yeah 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 i okay. think of the um oh that white guy with the white hair he used george banks rachel you're talking about steve martin and yeah. uh, we'll just go ahead and confirm that yeah probably that's the right song that you're thinking of um so georgia on my mind No. Hmm. I thought that was a country song. Mm. No, pass. Uh hit the road jack. Hit the road, Jack. See? Look at that. Yes. So I may know Ray Charles more than I know. Yeah, I and never I never knew it was him. I think when you listen, you're gonna find even more of that. Um, so you do have some homework to listen to this playlist every day for a week. We'll come back and talk about it with our super awesome special guest host, my friend, Jonathan. I'm I'm excited. I'm really excited. He's, he has been interested in this show for a long time and he lovingly made this playlist just for you. That's awesome. Thank you, Jonathan. Okay. So audience, if you would like to listen to the playlist, you can find it on Spotify by searching for Spotify colon user colon music. She missed. Rachel, I'll see you in a week, and audience will be back with you in just a moment. Here we go.
Welcome back. Rachel, you spent the last week of your life listening to the genius Ray Charles. How'd it go? It was a good week. I like this one. This is fun. I got to share it with my family. Got to listen to it poolside. Got to listen to it on the golf cart. My dog even liked it. It was good. <laughs> awesome. Well, before we talk more, um, we should welcome our guest host for the week, my friend Jonathan. Hey, Jonathan. Hey, guys. Thanks for having me on. I'm excited to talk about Charles. Thanks for being Thank on the you. show. Yes. Thank you so much for being here. We really appreciate you taking your time and creating my Spotify playlist. Um, I really enjoyed it. It was a lot of fun. Good. I'm glad to hear that. <laughs> so I, I'm curious, starting off, Rachel, if you had heard any of the songs on the playlist before. So I will be honest. Some of the songs, I was like, huh, I've never heard this one before. But then the other one was like, oh, my gosh, I remember the time that I was doing this with that person doing this. And I heard this song. I didn't know it was Ray Charles. Ooh. So I would actually this week I would call people be like, hey, do you remember the time when we did this with that? And you were there. I was there. And oh, that song that we heard. Guess what? I finally found out that song is by Ray Charles. Did, and they're like, did that person yeah, laugh Rachel. in your face or not in they your face? Like, did that person laugh virtually at you? Yes, they were like, Rachel, really? You didn't know that was Ray Charles? And I'm like, come on, have you not heard our podcast, Music She Missed? <laughs> so you found out you didn't miss all of it, is what you're saying. You just didn't, uh, you didn't put the dots, you didn't connect the dots. Isn't that wild, Jonathan? Yeah, it's a little boggling to, to me personally, but... Uh... <laughs> But I've listened to this podcast enough to not be too surprised anymore. So. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, that is true. We are in season five at this point. <laughs> Good point. Good point. So, Jonathan, before we talk about the history of Ray Charles, because I'm sure, Rachel, you have lots of questions of who is this person? Um, what about Ray Charles do you love? What prompted you when I was putting my feelers out for friends and artists to choose this one? Yeah, so, you know, just looking at the history of music, especially the past, you know, 100 years, that you know, as long as <laughs> pop music as we think about it has yeah. been around, you know, Ray Charles is just an incredibly influential figure. Um, you know, most musicians that you'll talk to today in some form or fashion have probably been baked by his music and what he did. Uh, really? He was a true, yeah, uh, he was a real visionary and pioneer in terms of combining different musical styles together. And yeah. especially as a, um, as a disabled, you know, black musician, being able to cross over into the mainstream was just such a groundbreaking achievement in the world of popular music. Uh, so, you know, I feel like you can't have a conversation about, um, you know, music really without talking about Ray Charles and the influence that he had um, throughout his life. So, yeah, that's why. He is one of those pivotal people without whom there would be so much less music in the world. One of those mm. true influencers and creators that shaped the direction of pop music see that within his music he really did hit a lot of notes 
in many different ways where you could hear a little bit of this, a little bit of that. And honestly, I can understand why Allison put it into season five, where I kind of had to hear a few other things where I can actually hear Adele. I can hear, oh, okay, maybe not Millie Vanilli, because that wasn't actually them, but I could hear other um, music within and how Ray Charles affected them. And I thought that was just, he truly is a genius. And I love that. I mean, you're absolutely right. That's why that's his nickname. And a lot of his albums and records even play on that title, uh, The Genius, you know? Uh, I mean, his very last album, right before he, he recorded before he died, was called Genius Loves Company. And it's all duets, right? So he definitely leaned into that nickname. And he's one of the few people I, who can kind of get away with that uh, without, you know, sounding egotistical. <laughs> Right. Sounding like Kanye West. Okay. <laughs> True. So he's blind, right? Has he always been blind? That's a really good and question to jump into the history. Yes, go for it. Yeah, so no, he was not born blind at all. Um, he was born in Georgia, but grew up mostly in Florida. A very, you know, poor sharecropper family. Dad wasn't around much. In fact, his dad had three families throughout his life, okay? Um, He started losing his sight around the age of four or five. Of course, you know, it's not like they could go to the doctor and really diagnose that since his family was so poor. Uh, We think, based on the symptoms now, that it was probably glaucoma. Uh, But he was completely blind by the age of seven, Um, and it was around that time that his mother started using some of her connections to get him into a school for, uh, blind and deaf children, uh, in St. Augustine, Florida. So that's, you know, kind of his early childhood. He could see, uh, but obviously for most of it, he could not. Hmm. So did he get into music before going blind or after going blind? He did get into music before going blind. Uh, So he started learning piano when he was three years old. Uh, He actually would go hang out. Yeah, three. Um, I better get my kid going in piano piano lessons. (laughs) I know. I'm like, uh, mine's how old? (laughs) Right. Right. Yeah, so he started learning from this guy named Wiley Pittman who owned a cafe uh, there in their town. And sometimes when they were in really bad financial problem, uh, he and his mom would stay there. So, um, yeah, he started learning from Wiley. And then when he went to the school for the mind, uh, that's really where he got a bit more formal training. And he actually learned how to read music in Braille, which is incredibly incredibly difficult um even other blind musicians don't t- you know always learn how to read music and braille because it's so difficult uh but that's part of how he learned to play classical music was by learning how to read music in braille uh you know mozart beethoven bach all those you know classical geniuses so in a lot of ways he had a classical music upbringing but he wanted to play what he heard on the radio. So jazz, Mm. blues, country music. Uh, But yeah, so from a very young age, he started experimenting with those different styles all at once. He did. He really did. I did see that 
and some of the music, even from Georgia on my mind, you are my sunshine, where you could hear some of the mixture of some of the stuff. Um, the country really comes out in Georgia on my mind, I think. Yes. And I've heard that song yeah. and you are my sunshine in different ways, but is he the original writer for those songs? He he is not. And it's interesting you bring up both of those songs because uh, that was one of the things he was really good at was finding a way to make a song that didn't start out his become his. Uh, Georgia On My Mind was first released in 1930, the same year he was born. Yet no one remembers the original recording. Everyone remembers the 1960 recording that he did. Like that's considered the version of Georgia on my mind to listen to. So people kind of forget that it's not originally his song because he just inserts so much of his personality and style into everything he does. Uh, the majority of his music actually is covers, uh, though he did write a lot of his own music as well earlier on in his career. Which songs did um, I get to listen to on the playlist that were his songs? So he was a co-writer on um, uh, I Got a Woman, which was a huge hit. Um, yeah. He was a co-writer. Uh, yeah. Um, he, well, actually, he was uh, the writer of What I Say, uh, parts one and two, which actually that song was created and written impromptu. Uh, it was a spontaneous performance uh, in a club. Uh, he just kind of came up with it on the spot and then later on they recorded it uh, which was not terribly unusual for musicians like him who travel a lot and played in clubs but still just kind of the raw creativity that he could just pull that out of his hat is pretty amazing because it was a groundbreaking song i i want to go back to um i got a woman because um i watched the movie yeah. ray in preparation for this podcast and you know, I love that song. It's one of my favorite songs for a long time. And in the movie, when uh -huh. his wife hears him playing it and changing the words, she's like, hey, that's a gospel song. That's sacrilegious. Like, don't don't sing that. <laughs> and I was like, what? That's a gospel song? And so I went and looked it up. And it is I Got a Woman yes. is like an old church, like gospel church song that he just changed the words and made it sexy instead of yes. spiritual. And I didn't I didn't know that. I knew yeah. that that song, you know, was his, but I didn't know what it was based on. Yeah. So the the song he based it on is a gospel song called It Must Be Jesus. <laughs> wow. And yeah, he played around with the tune, he played around with the music. Um he and his uh one of his musician buddies who was in the band at the time uh, came up with different words for it. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, it was considered sacrilegious. Uh, you know, it, it was definitely a turnoff for some people. Uh, but at the same time, other people were able to kind of see past that to his ability, again, just to combine different sounds together in a way no one else had done before. Right. Uh, but, we, yeah. We uh, talked so about he, this in the past. Technically, Sorry. Rachel, we talked about this in the past yeah, with, with, with Sam Cooke. Right. And mm -hmm. talking about how a lot of artists had difficulty making that shift from gospel music to pop music. Right. So this is another example of that kind of, um, I guess, synchronizing, right, of 
of yeah. genres and styles and making something new that's likable by fast audiences. Super cool. Right. Absolutely. Uh, but those are really the only two songs I put on the list that are, you know, uh, written by him because so many of his hits were not. Uh, once he made it big, uh, he didn't really need to write his own music anymore. Uh, the reason musicians usually wrote their own music back then was because they could make more royalties on them. Uh, once he made his deal with ABC Paramount that he get, got to keep the masters that all the recordings, which was unprecedented at the time of, uh, you know, record studios did not usually let musicians do that. But once he struck that deal, he didn't really need to write music for money anymore. He could just take other people had done, make it his own, uh, you know, like his version of you, you know, you are my sunshine, which is just so unique and just so different than the way you usually hear it. Right. Yeah. Um, and that album, I included a ton of songs in the playlist from that specific album, um, you know, Modern Sounds and Country and Western, because it was such a groundbreaking album when it came out that in a lot of ways really defines his career. Mm. So when you're saying he just struck a deal, how did he get that? done comparative to other artists why couldn't other artists do what he did we did skip a big chunk it was like he went to school and then he got signed by abc right. we kind of missed like the middle R right <laughs> right yeah so you know in between you know he he was not an overnight success by any means i mean he started playing music uh professionally uh, really around the age of 14 because he got expelled from the school that he was at for playing a prank on a teacher. Mm. Um, and at that point, he really just had to be on his own. His, his mother had passed away uh, by that point, which was a huge shock for him. Um, so he started playing with bands in the area. He started writing music on the side. He started traveling around with other groups. I mean, it was a very gradual procession. It wasn't until about 1948 when he moved to Seattle, Washington, that he was finally able to pursue having his own band. And he had built up enough of a following and some clout that people started really listening to his music and paying attention to him. And so, uh, um, Mess Around is that kind of first big breakout hit, even though he'd been making music for a while. Isn't that the first one that kind of hits big? Yeah, he yeah, he had had some records that sold decently uh, with Swing Time Records. Swing mm -hmm. Time Records went under, and he got picked up by Atlantic. And uh, yeah, Mess Around was really a you know, a defining moment for the record label and for him. Uh, so that really put him on the R&B charts uh, and made him a staple in R&B music after that. Uh, but then when uh, when Atlantic released What I'd Say, which we were just talking about, that became his crossover hit. Uh, that song jumped off of the R&B charts, which R&B is back then was just a way to say music for black people okay um it jumped off the r&b charts and onto you know the pop charts so with that kind of crossover success where he could cater to white and black audiences made him a very valuable uh musician to any recording studio uh so abc which was one of the biggest recording studios at the time 
uh, really, really wanted him and were pretty much willing to give him anything that he wanted at that point. And they did. Um, to be able to sign him. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they were paying him $50,000 a year, which is astronomical back then. Really, just to be on the label. Like, before concerts, before album sales, $50,000 a year, boom, in your hand. And he got to own the masters for all of the recordings uh, so that, you know, later on he could turn around and do other things with them, uh, which, again, almost no other artist had done at the time. So it was a... I mean, it, it was an incredible achievement for a musician to be able to strike that kind of deal with a major record company. What was his net worth at the time of his death? Yeah, here's what I can tell you that I know. I don't know his net worth, but I can tell you that in 2002, when he started to get really sick, he met mm. with his children, uh, which, by the way, he had 12 children by 10 different women. Uh, that may be a topic a little bit later. Um <laughs> He, yeah. he told his women. children, yeah, 10 different women, um, he told his children that they were each getting half a million dollars as their inheritance, but the rest of his money was going into um, a trust he was setting up to be managed by his oldest son, uh, specifically for charitable causes for blind and deaf. Uh, so uh, his foundation is still out there doing good for children who uh, are born or well not born but who are deaf and blind uh but yeah they each got half a million a piece before he did that so that kind of gives you an idea maybe a little bit of where he stood yeah so and yeah he was only blind he wasn't deaf right correct no no i mean his his musical achievements would be really incredible (laughs) And he also not been able to hear. Dude, the word genius yeah. does not even come close to what he needs to match on that. Hey, Ooh. hey, Be- Beethoven was deaf, right? So, I know, that's you know. why I was You never about. know. I've been to Salzburg, I've been to Austria. Okay. Ragger. Right. Yeah. All right. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, he learned how to use his ears to fill in that sense right when he lost his uh, vision in a lot of ways he had two mothers um you know his mother aretha was the one who really taught him how to survive and how to be independent um his his father's um one of his father's other wives was like the nurturer in his life who uh kind of you know took care of him on that front but his, his mother, Aretha, really taught him when she realized what was happening to him. You know, you're going to have to learn how to fend for yourself and how to make it on your own. And that's part of why it wasn't a huge deal that he got expelled from the school, because the school was just teaching the kids how to do, you know, labor tasks, you know, basket weaving, things like that. He wanted to be a musician. So getting kicked out at the age of 14 so he could start playing music. That was what he wanted to do anyway. Uh, it came with struggles, but, uh, you know, it didn't deter him at all. That's awesome. So, That's Rachel, awesome. what's so, another question that you have for Jonathan about Ray Charles' life? One of the things that I see repetitively throughout his music is the trumpet. Did he play the trumpet or was that someone from his band? Yeah, he did not play the trumpet. Uh, he was uh, he was a pianist, so he always stuck to the piano. 
Um, but, you know, growing up in an environment with, you know, where jazz was rampant um, and obviously blues music, jazz, I mean, uh, of course, soul music, which he pioneered, uh, you know, trumpet, saxophone, those are important elements of that musical style. So he always had, yeah, usually some sort of horn player in his bands. Um, now, he became really good friends with a famous trumpet player by the name of Quincy Jones, um, who would be a lifelong friend of his. Uh, and Quincy Jones is also an important figure in uh, entertainment, especially music. Uh, but uh, he and Quincy, you know, teamed up, uh, especially later on in his life on different projects. Rachel's so, making yeah. the uh, I don't know who that is face. <laughs> <laughs> yeah another episode I, I, okay. another day <laughs> oh so he deserves you, you another can, episode you, yeah you can you can look uh quincy jones up later uh he, he's the um he, he's more in movies and tv is he's what a producer. he's more known for yeah um so yeah he's he if you've ever seen the movie the color purple with uh whoopi goldberg uh, Quincy Jones wrote the score for that movie. Okay, so wow. there's a good, uh, yeah. So there's a good uh, point cool. of reference. Um, yeah, if you've ever seen the movie In the Heat of the Night, um, Quincy Jones also wrote the score for that, and he asked his buddy Ray Charles to sing the theme song for that movie. Oh. Uh, so, um, yeah. It's a great movie. It won Best Picture the year it came out. Uh, definitely one to go later on. Yeah, that's cool. Like you, like friendship. you, Rachel. Jonathan is really into movies. He's like really into movies. movies. Oh yeah, <laughs> movies are cool. Yeah. <laughs> well, in that movie, in the heat of the night, in a lot of ways, that was like I had heard of Ray Charles before I watched that movie, but in a lot of ways, that movie was kind of my introduction to look more into music because. I loved that theme song for that movie and the way that he sang it. So uh, in a lot of ways, that movie led to me discovering a lot of his other music. Hmm. Huh. Very cool. cool. I like yeah. that. Yeah. So you mentioned that he has passed away. He is no longer with us. Um, how many yes. albums did he produce during his lifetime? It, it, it was a ton because you have to remember when he started recording music, you didn't have albums the way that we think of them. Um, you know, back then you, as a musician, you recorded a record and you could have maybe one or two songs on that record. Right. So, you know, early on in his career, he had all these records and it wasn't until later on he started recording albums, um, as we think of them. Right. Uh, so yeah, if you look up his, uh, in fact, I may have it here actually, so I did a little Wik Wikipedia tells me 55 studio albums, seven live albums, and 127 singles. Is that accurate? I don't know, but it that, sounds right. <laughs> that, that actually does sound right. Uh, I think I'm looking at that same list. Mm -hmm. um, and yeah, it looks accurate. So he did a lot of recording. <laughs> That's really cool. I really um, like that. Yeah, yeah, he was a he was a he was a hard worker. He was a busy man. Uh, yeah, you know, I mean, music was his life. It was, and I could hear his heart and his soul in the music, and that's one of the things I do like about him. You could hear he gave it his all on every single song. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. 
Rachel, what other questions yeah. did you have for Jonathan about uh, about his life? I think you touched a little bit about it. Uh, has he ever been married? But it sounds like he has been. Because <laughs> um, I can I can hear a little bit of his heart and his soul and um, and his relationships and things like that. And so you kind of already answered that question about that. Well, Is we, there more to it? We should talk yeah. about it for a minute. Yeah, yeah, we should probably talk about that because that is an important part of his story. So um, he was married twice. Uh, he was also divorced twice. His his first wife, they were only married for about a year. She doesn't really factor that much, honestly, into his life overall, so she gets forgotten about. Um, his second wife, uh, Della B., uh, she was from Houston, Texas. Um, and became a fan of his. Uh, she was with him for 22 years, and he had three children uh, with her. Uh, the rest of his children were, you know, with other women that he was having affairs with, um, especially while out on the road. Uh, one of his backup singers, Margie Hendricks, was um, a, a very important woman in his life as well because he had a relationship with her for six years. And uh, they had one child together, Charles Wayne Robinson. Mm -hmm. And she, uh, she actually ended up dying by overdosing uh, after she had left his group. And that was a really, um, that was a really big moment for him. Uh, he was really broken up about her death because, uh, well, he was on drugs himself. And oh. for someone that he knew to have overdosed like that, uh, was a bit of a wake-up call, though mm. it him getting arrested three times over the course of about 10 years uh, for him to finally decide, yeah, I need to get off the drugs, uh, which he did cold turkey. Uh, he, wow. he was on heroin, which is, of course, oh. terrible. Uh, but yeah, he, he went cold turkey at a rehab facility and went through really brutal withdrawals for about uh, four or five days and then had continuing treatment uh, after that for a while. Uh, but after about a year, he was back out on the road doing his thing, making music again. So, uh, and he, um, while he, yeah, while he never stopped using alcohol, uh, he never uh, went back to uh, drugs again after that. And that's I, really cool. I also want to just let you know, Rachel, before we um, head to your opinions about the songs. Um, he also did um, play a part in the civil rights movement in terms of um, mm -hmm. he went to the South to perform um, and would not play for a segregated audience. And he was the first one to do cool. that. Like lots more artists did that, right? And then as, um, as the 60s was winding up and segregation was uh, coming All to right. a close. Yeah. Yeah, he, he had a different perspective than a lot of others in the civil rights movement in terms of instead of boycotting, which is what I think some people wanted him to do, like, hey, just don't play these venues at all. His perspective was, well, if the change we want to see is for white and black to come together, then it makes more sense to push for that. Uh, so, yeah, he would not play a venue if they did not first agree that it would be an integrated uh, audience there. Uh, he even went to South Africa while it was still under apartheid law and performed a concert there insisting that it be integrated. 
Uh, that that happened in the eighties uh, when cool. he did that. Uh, he was he was also a major financial backer for uh, Dr. King. Uh, he was cutting a check regularly for Dr. King to be able to stay out on the road and do what he needed to do. So, um, yeah, it doesn't always get talked about a lot with him because he was performing, uh, but that was his role in the civil rights movement. That's really awesome to see him not only affect the music um, history, but also just um, American history and just history within um civil rights that's really cool and that's awesome that he was able to hold on to the music even after he quit drugs i know that's something that's very hard to be able to quit drugs and then not be able to hold on part of his previous life but um he was able to stay strong that i commend him for that that's really cool so i mean we could we could talk about his history for another forever but um (laughs) we do i'm sure that jonathan really wants to hear what songs you liked and didn't like so jonathan we like to start with the songs that she didn't like so we end on a high note so um (laughs) rachel what 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 did you not like get this week what was not on your favorite list so a lot of the songs were like i i never knew this was him and i like the songs because it's always nice to hear songs that you may have heard before but really be able to um figure out who it was but there were two specific favorite um songs that i didn't consider them my favorite um nighttime is the right um right of time um it just wasn't my favorite and there came a question out of that song is who sings that with him so that would have been uh, one of the background singers in the Raylettes. That was backup group. So um, I'm not sure exactly who the singer is on the record track because it could have been any one of those backup singers. So I, I don't what have I, an exact answer for you. Gotcha. Gotcha. And also, You Are My Sunshine. That was put on my not favorites list, even though I love that song <laughs> in itself. Um, and actually, my childhood dog was named after that song. We <laughs> called her Sunshine. Um, but the song in my head of what my dad used to sing to me was not the way Ray Charles sang it to me. So. <laughs> sure. So were you feeling kind of a disconnect of like, this is how I think it should go. And because it's not going this way, it's a little bit disconcerting. Well, yeah, like some of the songs, you know, I was calling some of the people this week. And uh, one of the people was my dad. I was like, Dad, Ray Charles sang it a different way. Why did you choose to always sing it to me this way? And he's (laughs) like, well, because I wanted to sing it this way. And that didn't make me like that song with Ray Charles. That is completely okay. Um, Rachel, (laughs) that's not my favorite song by him either, by a long shot. Um, part of why I included it in the list is I just think it's such a great example of how he was able to take a song that was not his, especially one that is really well known, and insert himself into it. Uh, so I just felt like needed to be on the list because it was such a good example of that, even though it's not one of my personal favorites of his. Either. So no, I, I think, totally um, understand where you're coming from. I think it's a great choice to put him on the list and put that song on the list. And I'm glad you did because I would have never heard his version of that song that I loved from my childhood 
Um, and I would have never heard his version yeah. of it. So, and his version is, yes, not my fave, but still genius. So, um, I just right. want to say about nighttime is the right time. Cause I also listened to the playlist all week with you that my three-year-old got really into that song. And, um, <laughs> we had a good time singing the, the backup vocals together. <laughs> Yeah. So, yeah, I I think you're a little crazy for not liking that song, Uh, but that's because (laughs) I I really love it. So me too. (laughs) That song actually uh, was in our um, in my wedding reception. Whenever I was pulling the garter off of my wife, that was the song that we played. (laughs) during that part of the reception I do not remember that but that sounds like you so yeah (laughs) sounds awesome that's cool that's really cool well I did like Ray Charles and there's actually a lot of songs that were on the list as my faves Uh, let me count them one two three four (laughs) five six that's pretty good for a whole hour of music um I really liked um well, nope, seven. What I'd say, part one and two, there's yeah. part of me that was still wondering what, at first when I was listening to it, what part is the part one? What part is the part two? Oh, wait, it's all of it. And yeah, um, yeah. I really like that song. So, I just never knew it was him. And I'm glad that yeah. I now know that it's him. Yeah. Yeah. You know, we can listen to the whole song together now because technology has changed. But when it first came out, the record label almost didn't let him release it because it was so long. Uh, so the only way they were able to release it was to release it as a part one and part two. You would listen to one half of the song on one side of the record, and then you would flip the record over and listen to the other half of the song. Uh, so, yeah, it was, uh, you know, an interesting, you know, loophole that they had to work out at the time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Well, good. I'm glad they worked that out because I definitely don't know which one's my favorite, more of my favorite, one or two. Cause it's one song. <laughs> right. It's yeah. one song. Um, Mess Around is definitely a very fun song. You can't help but just start dancing with it. Uh, my little one liked it. Um, I Got a Woman. I would have never believed that song used to be a gospel song or some sort I'd be like I'm, after all this chatting with you I now want to listen to that song again and be like oh I can see this part with the organs oh with the robes oh yeah with the choir <laughs> that's that's the song that got me into Ray Charles because it's also a really popular song um in the swing dance community and like the blues swing and blues dancing community it's a big one it's got perfect breaks. It's in great mm-hmm. speed. So that was the one that got me listening to more and more. I really like the song Hit the Road Jack. Hit the Road Jack. Mm-hmm. That's Never a great one. Back. That's a good one. Um, I moved around a lot when I was a kid. I actually, by the end of 12th grade, I have lived I lived in about 13 different houses. Um, so... Mm. I just remember that song whenever we would move somewhere. we just head on out to the next thing. Um, and that was cool. <laughs> um, America the Beautiful. Yeah. I like that song. Um, my daughter actually had to memorize that song for her music class this year. 
and she got to sing the solo for it. Um, so that was kind of cool. Did she like um, listening to this version? She did, but she kept wanting to sing her version, mm-hmm. uh, which was a little bit hard. <laughs> and so she had that whole thing about, you know, how I had it with You Are My Sunshine. She had it with the America the Beautiful. So, <laughs> and I, you know, I told her, I was like, I know how you feel. I just know how you feel. I also liked You Don't Know Me. Um, that song, actually, mm-hmm. I did call up a friend and said, hey, you remember that time we heard that song? Yep, with you, me. I know who that person is now. <laughs> um, and then Georgia on the, my mind was an, actually another song that I called up a friend and said, hey, remember that song, you and me? Oh, yeah, I now know who that person is. <laughs> That's awesome. So it was kind of fun. This week I not only got to listen to Spotify songs, I got to call a couple friends, which is fun. So, Rachel, yeah. before before we wrap up, um, well, Jonathan, is there anything you want to add that you just feel like if Rachel doesn't know this, then you've failed her in some way? <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I don't feel like I failed her because I got to help introduce her to Ray Charles. That's a success. Okay. <laughs> um, I, I know that on previous podcasts, sometimes, Rachel, you've asked about, like, you know, the success people had with like winning awards and things like that. So probably the only thing I would add in is that during his career, uh, Ray Charles won uh, Steam Grammys out of 37 nominations, which is pretty amazing in and of itself. Yeah. Um, his last his uh, last album, Genius Loves Company, which he died before it was released. Uh, oh. He died like two months before it came out. So he didn't get to hear the finished product per se uh but it ended up winning uh eight awards total five of those for him so um if if nothing else i always recommend people to go listen to genius loves company because it's him singing duets with musicians that he loves and so it's just a very unique listening experience uh it's like two friends sitting down together at a piano and just singing together it's just a fun album to listen to and it might be a good way to figure out what other artists we would want to cover in the future. That's yes. a good idea. Yeah. Oh, he, yeah. He sings with some really big names on that album, like Nora Jones and Gladys Knight and Johnny Mathis and Willie Nelson. I mean, there's a lot of really famous. Uh, Elton John is on that album as well. So there's a lot of really huge names that he sings with on that last album. So if you're going to go check out Ray Charles, certainly check out his old stuff. But I think that his last album is also a great entry point for a lot of people. Awesome. Thanks. Rachel, do you have anything you want to say before we rate? You are right, Allison. You are right on so many things, including calling him a genius. (laughs) Well, I didn't like, you know, come up with it or anything. Well, (laughs) okay so here we go again uh if you will rate your your affection for ray charles the likelihood that you would listen to this music again one being you want to drown in your own tears because you hate it and 10 being uh i can't stop loving you comma ray charles 
where would you rate? Ten. Whoa, our first ten of the season. It is our first ten of the season, and it really, he definitely deserved it in many, many ways. I, I, I would hit the road with the, not Jack, but Ray Charles. And I'd go on tour with him and tour around and listen to all of his music. Because I'm thinking with all of his albums that he's done, dude, I've got more to listen to. I've got more than just one hour. Uh, yeah. Um, Jonathan, thanks so much <laughs> for coming on the show and making a playlist to introduce Rachel to this, you know, incredible artist. If you, our audience, want to follow along with Rachel's journey, you can like us on Facebook and Twitter, subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. And don't forget to follow us on Spotify by searching for Spotify colon user colon music she missed, where you can hear this playlist and all the other playlists. Thanks so much for listening. Bye. Bye. You can say bye too, Jonathan. Okay, bye. <laughs> <laughs>